Welcome to Doctor Who's 50 and 50, Episode 6. I'm your host, Blaine Deller. Today we continue to take a look at the different actors to play the Doctor with Peter Davison. Now, Peter Davison was the Doctor from Story 117, Castrovalva, through Story 136, The Caves of Androzani, lasting three years from 1982 to 1984. The main companions he had with him during his run were Adric, Nyssa, Tegan Jovanka, and Vistler Turlow. He also spent some time with Chameleon and Perry Brown, although those companions only lasted for two stories each, and even Chameleon was barely a companion in his first appearance. The villains he faced off against were The Master, who faced six times, which is second only to John Pertwee in terms of the number of encounters there, The Mara, who he faced twice and was in fact the only Doctor to face The Mara. He also faced the Cybermen, Barusa, the Black Guardian, Sea Devils, and Daleks. So at the time he took over, he was the youngest actor ever to play the Doctor. Since then, Matt Smith has beaten that record, but he was the youngest at the time he assumed the role through the entire run of the classic series. He was also the first Doctor to come in with a significant fan base since he was starring in two other BBC series at the time, so he did come in as a star already. He was also the most energetic and playful Doctor yet, and he still managed to be very casual and very relaxed through most of the time. He feels a lot like a spiritual predecessor to David Tennant's Doctor. So if you're thinking of the classic series because you're a fan of the new one, for those of us who found Tennant our favorite Doctor in the new series, and Tennant's still my favorite all-time Doctor, then Peter Davison's stories are a good place to start looking at the classic series. And he also barely used the sonic screwdriver, which had been a regular tool for both Pertwee and Tom Baker. So he took over as the Doctor in Story 117. By Story 119, Kinda, they were already trying to sideline the sonic screwdriver to make it a little less useful and make sure the Doctor was you know, not as well equipped to deal with things. So in Kinda, the sonic screwdriver spent the entire serial strapped to a machine to keep something going in, in the TARDIS. So basically it was strapped to something just long enough for us to see it, put away in the not seen again, and then it was destroyed in the following story, The Visitation, and wasn't seen again as a sonic screwdriver until the movie, although Colin Baker's Doctor did use a sonic lance a couple of times. Now, every Doctor always has their own unique wardrobe and their unique appearance. Peter Davison went with something of a cricketing theme, so he had a sweater, a coat, the sneakers, everything for cricketing. He also wore celery on his lapel, which reportedly Peter Davison agreed to on the condition that they explain why he's running around wearing a vegetable. And when it was coming up to his last story, he had to remind the producers, hey, we haven't explained that yet. It's now or never. So that is explained in Caves of Androzani. He's also probably the most outwardly compassionate of the doctors. So most of the doctors are compassionate. They all are by the end of their stories, at least. William Hartnell's doctor didn't necessarily start off overly compassionate for others, but Peter Davison is the one who sort of wears his heart on his sleeve and shows that, and throws out with his introduction, I'd like to help if I can, every time he knows something's already going wrong. He's also the one who spends the most time running. As I said yesterday, Tom Baker is the one who does a lot of running, and he's the first one that started running by the end of pretty much every story. Peter Davison was the first doctor who started running at the beginning of every story. He's often seems to be running just as soon as anything is even a little bit off, which actually provides a nice contrast, because before he knows anything's wrong, he tends to stroll around at a very leisurely pace. And his stories also led to some very interesting dilemmas. The social situation started showing up with Tom Baker's Doctor. 
We'll talk about it in more detail when we get to the Sea Devils and the Silurians, but that continued through the Peter Davison era. And this is really nice. Through the Peter Davison era, there are times where the Doctor doesn't necessarily win the day. And one of the other things that happens in the Peter Davison era is that what the Doctor considers victory and what his companions and those around him consider victory are two different things. And I think that shows up most clearly in Warriors of the Deep. So listen for more details on that when we discuss the Celerines and the Sea Devils. Now, outside of the context of the show, Peter Davison is also something of a generational story for Doctor Who. He's one of the classic Doctors who never really felt the need to distance himself from the role. A lot of the others did because of typecasting issues, and people saw them as the Doctor and only the Doctor. It could be largely because Peter Davison already had a fan base coming in, but he never really seemed to have that problem, so he can keep getting steady work before and after. Partly because of his great comic timing. Even after Tom Baker, when they tried to play down the comedic aspects for the future of the series and bring him back to the old ones, Peter Davison was able to deliver straight lines with such perfect intonation and timing that they don't play straight on the air, and they do come out quite funny. In real life, his daughter, Georgia Moffat, has actually worked with Doctor Who a couple of times. She and David Tennant both performed voice acting in some of the animated Doctor Who episodes that have come out. Moffat also played the Doctor's daughter in the episode of the same title in the fourth season of the reboot, and then went on to actually marry David Tennant. So the fifth actor to play the Doctor, Peter Davison, is the father-in-law for the tenth actor to play the Doctor, who is David Tennant. So if Peter Capaldi and his successor stick around for a while, then it's entirely possible that Peter Davison's grandson may be old enough to play Doctor number 15. So we'll be interested to see how far this family tradition of playing the Doctor continues. But Davison is easily my favorite of the classic Doctors, and a lot of that is just his personal attitude. We've got a fair amount of depth to him, we've got some variety in the stories, we've got variety in the villains in the course of these years. We've got some interesting stuff. A lot of this was when Jonathan Nathan Turner had just taken over as the showrunner and the head writer or executive producer, whatever term is being used at the time in BBC. Nathan Turner's first season was Tom Baker's last season, and then Davison came in. So there's a lot of that energy from the new creators for the new team coming through. It is a very enjoyable ride. There's a lot of good stuff here, and Peter Davison's Doctor plays it well. His is the Doctor that I would most look forward to just sitting down and hanging out with. He's just an entertaining personality. That's about all we have to say about Peter Davison at this point. Of course, with all the Doctors, it'll come up more so as we talk about their companions, their villains, and their major stories later in this series. So please join us again tomorrow when we discuss Colin Baker. Thank you for listening.